Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about how congregational meetings and church luncheons affect the preaching moment. We also talk about this week's messages in our series entitled An Integrated Life. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching Back in the Armchair this week to discuss um, the fifth week in our series, Integrated Life. Yeah. Pastor John. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Pastor John, uh, we had um, a big week this week. Lots, it was a big week. Lots this of stuff going week, yeah. on. We had we had people being commissioned to go to Merida, Mexico. We had uh, we had. We had mission opportunities with Kids Pack in the church. We had uh, a dinner and a meal, or a meal, uh, a lunch right after, a congregational meeting. So one of the things that we talked about just before we hit record today is that in our in our tradition, and I I think pretty probably most Presbyterian traditions have regularity of congregational meetings, right? Yeah. In yeah. our tradition, we, we are required to have... We have at least two. At least two. We have an annual corporation meeting and a congregational meeting corporation. We get the report of the corporation and... Um, and then we have uh, the elections uh, uh, meeting. meeting. Yeah. So one is the the voting on the elders, which mm-hmm. is the one we had this week. That's for the 2024 year. Uh, the, those yeah. Are, now, now you're getting into my, doing what I was doing all day. You kept all day. 26. I got the wrong year the entire time because yes. we had the class of 2020. We had the 2024 nominating committee, the class of 2026 elders. It was the year 2023, and then we did a, a, a preview of 2024. So yeah. all of that got jumbled up. And, it, and, <laughs> so I will ask you know. How does that when you know you've got something like that, right? So you you talked about um, the the next congregational meeting that we know we're going to have mm-hmm. is going to be sometime in the first of twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty typically a fairly brief meeting, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a lot of Things, a lot of movements yeah. in that brief meeting because you talked about the, the the meeting of the corporation, which people that don't know every every church has a corporate structure as well as an ecclesiastical structure, yeah. and you have to vote that way. Uh, that also is where we they vote on the pastor's terms of call, which is always a lot of fun. Right, um, so send they, us out of the room. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. They always court. You know, they put our whole. <laughs> salary package yeah, in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah, every, every other business in the world has uh, the confidentiality when it comes to individual salaries. Ours are put on, if it was in, in Loudon Hall, it'd be on the screen. It'd be on the you screen. Know, for and, all to see, or on a piece of paper for all to see, but uh, that's 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 how it goes. But in general, you, you know, I've run congregational meetings, you've run congregational meetings, they're almost always right after the service. Yeah. How does that affect you during the service? Do you, do, uh, do you have a way of kind of like Putting that aside, is it in yeah. the back of your head? Like, how do you navigate the? Because it, it is, it's, it's a juggling act, right? So, how do you navigate that? Yeah, well, you have to. Uh, the, the good thing is, this is this is a good thing, and I imagine you 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 do something similar because we are similar enough in the, these ways that you prepare for the congregational meeting. You know, you have to prepare for that. So, you know, you have to prepare for the the flow of the meeting. You know, there's a certain things that need, things need to happen. You think that through in advance, and I actually practice that, yeah. you know, beforehand, so that I, I so I can think through all the issues. But then, um, 
when you when it's time for worship, once you kind of step into the into the into the congregation or into Loudon Hall, um, I put that put all that aside. It's just really just a mental shift. Okay, I'm not. That's not now. The only thing about about it now is I'm going to say something about in the announcements that there's going to be a meeting, and then that's it. I'm done. I'm all into the moment. So I have a fairly good ability i think to just to to, to, that's one this whole series that we're in right now is about not compartmentalizing our faith (laughs) this is one where compartmentalization is useful because i can be in that moment and be only in that moment but then when the service is over it's like okay hat switch i just i just completely you know switch around and say okay now it's it's on it's time for it's time for the meeting so it does affect the uh, preparation uh but it doesn't affect the worship moment i guess that's how i'd say it yeah how about you when you've done it well, when I've done it, I think it's different um, because I've never been a sitting moderator in a church that wasn't in some period of transition. <laughs> like, ah, yeah. like so, so when you've done it, you've done it during the transition. Yeah. So when I've done it, those congregational meetings, and I've done it, I've done, I've done it here. I've moderated a, cu- a couple of congregational meetings here. Uh, I've moderated uh, two or three congregational meetings here. I've moderated congregational meetings at other churches where I've been the guest moderator of session, mm-hmm. like our neighbor chapel in the Grove. I was the moderator of their session for about a year and a half when they were in pastoral transition so again they're in pastoral transition i moderated two of their congregational meetings um my previous church i moderated i don't know how many congregational meetings there over the course of two two and a half years but they were in a major transition so i think mentally it's it's different because it's not not that it's ever business as usual, but there's not the same – there's always the reporting on the transition. At every congregational meeting, you you, you feel the, the um, – Desire to report on that transition. Yeah. You know where where's where's the you know where's, where's the, the PNC, yeah. where's the search committee at? Where's the PNC at? Where are we not? You got to be careful to say to say certain things and then not say other things. But those things are still in the back of your mind because there's there's again there's confidentiality of candidates and and those sorts of things. And you and you also don't want to. Uh, you don't want to leave the congregation feeling like things are going to happen faster than they they they, yeah. they actually will, um, or slower than they actually will. You want to give them a sense of of reality um, yeah. in those moments. And so, I think when I've done it, um, it, it's there has been a little bit more. Uh, and I've practiced those, you know, so I know I, again, and I, I, I stick to the notes, man. I do not deviate. Mm-hmm. I have a script. Uh, most people that watch me preach don't, you know, I don't stick to a script a lot, or at least I have it pretty, pretty well. But the, the polity matters of the church, I have a, I have well, a script. And, I, and that's really an act of care for the congregation um, um, that, that they, that they know that you've thought through all the possibilities. Like this Sunday, I had, I, you know, you, we always have to, we are obligated. To open up the floor for further nominations, even though there has been me every time. Uh, an extensive amount of work, and they've had multiple opportunities to make all the nominations that they want, but you always have to open it up for further nominations. Well, you know, there's, uh, I was prepared this Sunday with if somebody actually did, because that's the question I ask ahead of time. Okay, what happens if somebody actually does do that? Yeah, what do you do? Well, we have to 
we I, as moderator I have to be ready to go. Yeah. So I actually had printed out a copy of it. I didn't print you know two hundred of them, but I printed one copy of it, and I would have sent somebody to the copier real quick of a ballot mm-hmm. with all the names of the people who were on the on the uh, on the the nominees and uh, whatever. Uh, and then you would write in a, a name, and you'd have to vote for eight in yeah. this case. So it would have taken up a, a ballot. So you just you, know, you you have to prepare for that. But when you do that, it's it makes it easier on the Congress. We've always joked about this too. Is that because you have a script, like you said, mm-hmm. because I have a, have a script, um, you know, you go through this script and you, you most of the congregational meetings here um, are uh, explaining what happened yeah. and what is going to happen and how it happened and how we got here. And then only then do they go, OK, now here's, here's our vote. Yeah. But as I say to people, the reason why I do all that is because all of the things that we hopefully that we are putting into that those words up front, all those you know, ten minutes worth of talking up front, are going to answer all the questions for because this is the this is the kind of the you and I moment or when we're in those moments. I get it if you've been member a member of this church for for ten, twenty, thirty years or more. Uh, but what about the person who's never been to a congregational yeah. meeting? So we not have been to, a Presbyterian church before, or in a yeah, Presbyterian right. church. So we so we want to do that for them. So yeah. all that all this says that yeah, I, I, I am curious. though, when you have done those, and it is different. I hear what you're mm-hmm. saying when you are you are the appointed guy, mm-hmm. or you are in a temporary role. It is different. But are in the worship services on those days when there are congregational meetings, are you thinking about it? I so the script helps me not have to think about it. Uh, I will tell you this: you know, I, I moderated the session meeting where they called you to be the pastor here, and and I had heard horror stories from other presbyteries where, like, because you're, you because of, because of our denomination being more of a liberal denomination and I, I knew you and knew you know your position is more of a conservative yeah. i've heard of a a rising up of um and we we, we have we have person we have we have personal friends shared friends who who have had really bad congregational meetings because the PNC presented one thing and then the tiny little you know progressive contingent rallied every single progressive they knew to show up at church that day yeah. and so i had to be ready for that because we're in a college town i mean that that's the kind of thing that happens in yeah. college towns now thankfully it didn't happen that way everything went smoothly but i also had a very detailed script about what the PNC uh, had done uh, the PNC chair people got up and spoke to you know the you as a candidate, um, but I you know there was a lot of preparation about yeah. like you said what happens if what happens if and and so I I, the, I can imagine that would have been on your mind uh, yeah you know during during worship for that, that that day now in that case you preached the sermon so I didn't have to right but you were, I, you I were was still the, I was you were assisting, the, assisting that day yeah. I was assisting but I I was not preaching so i i could still have it in the back of my mind and and it was funny when you were i that this is one of those memories that you have in your head i remember looking at the congregation thinking okay who might be the <laughs> troublemakers I mean, who like I, and i literally during the service was wa- or during the congregational meeting watching faces to see if they were getting ready to, t- yeah. to but thankfully nothing like that happened but i was prepared for it um, well if i can add to that that particular moment this is the moment when i came uh, to preach to be voted on to be to come into this this role here and i know every congregation is like this and this this congregation was no different than there's a it's, it's a system that has anxiety 
anxiety in it yeah. because they're really unsettled about who's going to be in, in that role. And I knew even as I was climbing the steps to speak, to, to go into the pulpit, which would have been my first vo- voice for, to the entire congregation, I sensed that anxiety in the room. Yeah. And I was telling several people afterwards, so I think I might have been five to eight minutes into the sermon, and I could, it's like one of those Holy Spirit moments. I could just feel like the Holy Spirit go, okay, everybody. This is, yeah. Hey, we're good. We're going to relax, yeah. And, and it felt, I felt that kind of yeah. shift in the room. Yeah, I think, you know, with, 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 with transitional congregational meetings, there is a heightened sense of anxiety. But as you mentioned, even in like the votes for uh, the elders, you mean you have to open up the Florida nominations. We've actually been at congregational meetings here where there has been a nomination from the floor. Yes, That was an odd one, too, because we were in a virtual space. There was virtual stuff going yes, on. Yes, that's right. And the nomination came from someone in the virtual space. So that's a different level of anxiety because not only are you thinking about, well, this is very atypical because we go through the process of nominating the nominating committee so that we go through all of the candidates. Yeah. And oh, let me tell you, there, there, that, was, that was the duck on, uh, swimming on, on the surface of the of the lake. I, you know, I tried to be steady and calm underneath. as possible. But underneath, <laughs> man, those were, my, feet, my little pet my web feet were just... Yeah. Kicking away, yeah, no, no. <laughs> in that moment. But, but uh, to be to be clear, though, that I, I had pre- prepared just in case for that very yeah. thing, and so everything we, we did that day was I thought we handled it pretty well. And I just and I, I, I that was one of my prayers afterwards. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because yeah. I was not prepared like you know twenty four hours beforehand. But I just said, no, I need to be ready just in case. It and never happens. You, That's what I said. It never happens. I think you emailed me the night before, like even with the email, like this never happens. But just in case. There's a nominee from the That's floor. Right. I remember the email. Here's what we'll I was do. like, and I started thinking, that'll yeah, never happen. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it could happen here. You know? Sure enough, it did. Especially in a season of, you know, I think that was maybe one of your first. That was maybe your first elder nomination here. Was that the first one? No, because that was, was the uh, that was for the associate pastor nominating committee. So okay. it was after Kenny left. Okay, and so second one. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Wow. Oh, fun anyway, times. So those are, All the fun times of polity yeah. in the Presbyterian Church. But, you know, to, to to the point of what we're talking about here is that while I can sort of hard wall that off and, and be in the moment during during the during the preaching moment, which this is armchair preaching, I can be yeah. hard wall that off, it still affects because you have to prepare ahead of time yeah. and you are you are still dealing with it. You've got it under control, you know, but you still think you know, at some at some level there's some internal processing going on. And then and then certainly afterwards we know, look, this we're, it's it's still happening here. We're still on. Yeah. And we've got a we've got a full meeting to to get through. Now this one was only 15 minutes. So yeah. it was pretty straightforward, but We did have a lunch after uh, or with it, so that helped a lot, and uh, you know, it changed what we did in Vine. Um, in a, in a, you know, there was a, it's always positive. The nice thing with Vine is we've done things like this before. We've had changes in the room, so people th- that was not like an that wasn't odd for them to come in and see tables and chairs. Well, some, some people, I'm sure, it was odd because they maybe haven't been here very long or whatnot. But um, we had we certainly had a, a good plan for that, and you know, it opened the door for us in. Uh, this series, Integrated Life, because we're talking about 
the church is, you know, the the big idea of the big C church and how we respond in mm-hmm. that. We both mentioned this. Uh, you really opened with the 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 the, the Ill, it's almost like the the day itself was illustrative to the to the to the message because it was World yeah. Communion Sunday. And I will say I want to say again a shout out to Zach McGowan because this this one was uh, this one was framed out by by you and this was. This was intentional to do the churches yeah. on World Communion on Sunday. World Communion so Sunday. well done. Yeah. Well, and and I think you did a great job of actually highlighting the origins of World Communion Sunday and what the theology is behind that, and then um, you know what that really entails. So I, as you, it was funny because um, we both we both went pretty similar directions in terms of the start, right? Yeah. Because we had this this concept of the competitive nature of humanity, yeah. right? So what were you thinking as you kind of oh, yes. went into that? Uh, mostly I was thinking about all the dumb times I've really thought of it as, as competitive or just the kind of grumbling with if somebody did something great. You know, early on in the ministry, it was like, man, why should I should be doing that? Why are we yeah. doing that? So it's just that, that and, and just the maturity that I've uh, gained uh, through the years and just, you just that sort of shift so I can be able to stand before a congregation like Sunday and say – Look, this is not a competition. Yeah, it really is not a competition. Even though everything about it, and I love you. Have, you were actually talking about like culturally, we are sort of hardwired with competitive yeah. instincts, you know. And uh, I was but, more to do more personal, but it was. But you mentioned you mentioned you know even your time in business, and and yeah. and I thought you know your experience in the secular world yeah. or secular business world, seeing that that that's actually considered a good thing, you know, to have that competitive. Oh, yeah. You're spirit. rewarded. You're you're financially rewarded for for being. Beating somebody, yeah, you know, I'm a professional athletes. You're financially rewarded for beating people, yeah, and so yeah, and and we just have this very, it, it, I, it is it is a it is a competitive cultural norm, yeah. The cultural norm is to be competitive, yeah, and I think it's even kind of baked into, and I didn't mention this. This is one of those cutting room floor things, but it, it was in my early early draft because we talked. We we've done a we've. In Vine, at least, we've done a pretty consistent job of going back to the book of Genesis with all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I did talk yeah, about... Yeah, you got that in there. Yeah, yeah but I, but the one Working thing I didn't put in there was the, 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 the Genesis 4 murder of, 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 of Abel by Cain. And what was really that about? I mean, it was really a competitive jealousy that, yeah. that, that Cain was feeling with Abel. I didn't mention that, but I'm thinking, this has always been part of the DNA of, of yeah. our post-fall selves, right? You know, that we are... Um, built to be in competition. I felt like you were, you were. I mean, you went through the Isaiah passage. You went through the second, which I left it out entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this was. We know we got World Communion yeah. Sunday, and in, and in the classic service, to the World Communion Sunday is. Uh, Long, lengthy, it's yeah. lengthy. Yeah, um, normally hope, ours is too, but it wasn't this week because we had tables and chairs. And, and, stuff, and hopefully, so. those if you were in class, you're listening to this. Hopefully, your experience, classic ten thirty, your experience of that was it is long as people pass it out, but you're also that gives you time to really that gives the person time mm-hmm. just to really sit with and think about what is this moment here. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all went, you, we went through that, you went through that. Um, but in the end, I felt like you were in, and help me. Unpack where you were with this, but uh, when you said we are on the same team, yeah, 
that felt like it was like the, that was the that was the moment for your message. Yeah, and and you know, I admit, I, like you're talking about, I still struggle with that competitive mentality with other with other churches, and and I think it happens when 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 somebody from our from our congregation, and, and I love the story that you told uh, uh, about, you know. In early in your ministry, you know there there were people that were coming to your church, coming to your congregation from another church, and having to have a conversation with that pastor. I feel that too when it goes the other way, and I have to I pray through that and say this is a sinful part of my being that yeah. that says I'm in competition with them. It always feels personal when that when when and you, I, and when I, you lose people, and, and for that matter, when you gain people, you are aware that it probably felt personal for the other person, the other church. And I really appreciated how you said it feels personal because I think I think. People forget that that you know to be a preacher, we are putting something of ourselves out there, right? Yeah. We and 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 to be a pastor, we're putting something of ourselves out there, and and I think there's a there's a sense of which, um, and maybe not everybody. This might be an unfair assessment that that from the congregation that we're somehow immune to taking those moments as personal failures. Yeah. I think people have this idea that that we are immune to those feelings of of personality that we just right. automatically yeah. shift to that Robo- it, almost robotic in our emotions yeah, yeah. and our and our faith even that our faith yeah. is just flip the you know we just we don't even yeah. have like we don't even have that gut instinct yeah. and I'm like well we do doesn't mean it's right <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not it's not a growing it's not the round you know the rough edge that we still are rounding off but it's still there it's it's like you know it cuz to some sometimes it's friends you know sometimes it's people yeah. that we spend a lot of time yeah. with and, and other times it's not and we do feel like we failed because yeah. we're like we didn't spend the time with this person sure. and we didn't we didn't reach out to this person the way we and, and to. then a lot of times and this is if i just sort of scan all the in the particulars the individuals who've done it a lot of times it it, it wasn't about us yeah you me or, or the other it wasn't about us as individuals but it was still the church where we serve yeah. and the, the family. You almost feel like somebody has be like a, you're actually literally a brother or a sister in your own family of origin leaving. Yeah, and just saying I don't want I don't want you guys anymore. Yeah, and there have been other times where, and I can think of you think about scanning the history of the people that you've known. There have been other times where in the life of this church, you know, people have left because they've entered different seasons of life, yeah. and our congregation is built um, to to to. To be a, to be um, nurturing of people in certain phases of life better than others. Not that we don't welcome everybody, sure. but, but there are certain. I think every congregation could say that. Could say yeah. that sort of the, who they sort of naturally uh, are. Uh, minister best to yeah i mean and, and and that's that can be worship style that can be that can be you know what do we have for fill in the blank you know fan, you know life station you know that sort of thing and that that's happened and when those things happen i feel less personal because i look at the situation of that what that person is going through and i'm like yeah you know what You'd have done the same thing. You're right. I mean, I wish it was different. I wish we were able to nurture you and develop you in, in the way that that you you know where you're at in your life. But we just we're not there. And maybe we'll be there in five years. And maybe that's something for for the congregation to think about. But we're not there yet. And it's unfair to ask you to wait until <laughs> we get there. Till yeah. we get there. Yeah. 
and and depending on where that person's in in their own faith journey, asking them to to fill that gap, to start that ministry, to start that program, whatever. Um, but I think that's why it was important for what you said that that you, we we have to feel what we're going to feel, think what we're going to think, uh, question what we're going to question. But in the end, we have to st- push all that back and, and step above that and say, "Look, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, we're the all on the same team." The one thing I did want to put in there, and I, I was very, is like, "This is not this is not the uh, this is not the open you know blank check for you to go church shop." You know, you did hop. say that, did you? you? He said yeah, because he says, look, I'm not saying go to go over there, stay here. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, because that, that, to say that we're all on the same team can mean well, it doesn't matter what church I go to. But yeah. it, but there's also a commitment, and like like we talk about, this is a family. You're committed to the family, and and only a major, you know. Need. Yeah, you mentioned divorce. It's, you know, that's be like, leaving the family would be like getting divorced. Getting divorced. Yeah, so. yeah. So basically, tearing the family apart. Tearing the family apart, and and people don't sometimes think, oh, no one's going to miss me. No one's gonna, well. You know, if that's the case, that if if we are not going to miss you when you leave, then we have failed. Yes, yeah. and and by all means, you know, maybe you should find another church because we have failed you, and we need to learn how to do it better. But if if we are going to miss you, then there's probably something else that needs to be discussed. Yeah. But um, you know, this this the other thing that I really wanted to push in this. Uh, because of World Communion Sunday, something you and I have talked about, and, and you've actually talked about it with Nancy Bertram before, and I knew also too we were doing the, the commissioning of the missionaries was Perfect the idea of the, the global church. Yeah, I you, love that you landed with that. By the way, that was great. Well, you you it, what got me was something that you said several weeks ago in a staff meeting. Um, we were in a staff meeting. I think it was probably not last week, but. Maybe the one before that, uh, Nancy Burton was, you know, you were going around the room and we were just asking what's the big kind of focus. And Nancy, who's our missions coordinator, is getting ready to take a group who we commissioned to Merida, Mexico. And you asked her the question, not 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 to push, but just to say, to articulate it so that everybody heard the rationale. You ask, why, why do we do something like that? You know, mm-hmm. and, and you, you put the caveat in there because there are people that always wonder why are we going into other parts of the world when there's so many things that happen here? Yeah, you and I have heard that uh, all our ministry. And so that was w- really w- part of my motivation because I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that here. I was glad you covered it, especially with the mission team coming up in, in you know, 10 minutes after that. Yeah, and, and I think and you've been on mission trips to places um, in in Central America and in Russia. You've done work in Russia, so I'm sure you've heard that as well. And and for us to not even think, okay, well, we're on the same team as everybody in our local church, but we're also on the same team as people across the world, and they may not have the resources that we have to reach some of the fastest growing areas in the world with Christ, with with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we can still be a part of what they're mm. doing. So that was a that was a big important important part for me i wonder too when you because obviously i heard the recorded message uh did you have I, we have the congregational meeting afterwards and whatnot mm-hmm. did you have a chance where how, what was your sense of people's reactions to some of that because the reason i asked this is because you and i've both heard in this congregation i'm sure it happens at every congregation people ask us well what about what this church is doing over here right why can't we be more like that did yeah. you have anybody that that came to yeah. you talk to you or, or did any 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 conversations like that i had a c- couple one sort of one of them more of yes that was what what it was but it was really more of a 
this other church did this thing here and it was nuts what they yeah. did yeah and so so while we were on the same team not sure that that one might not might not actually be on the team is what is the gist of it was so so and i said well you know and, and in fairness the the other sermon to preach along with this is, is the, we're on these this is a sermon that we really are on you know there is the church of jesus christ throughout this world and it's that there's one church you know and and whose members are known only to god the invisible church you know yeah there's that idea the other the other one are the distinctives which actually the reform series coming up might might, might, help, be one, yeah. might be one of those things. This is what makes us different than than us because there are just um, there are important distinctions uh, among the. Among there's the a churches. reason. There's a reason that we're not all one big giant yeah. denomination or association. There's a, there's a, there are theological reasons, and that's what one of the points that you made is that God has this design for diversity. Yeah, and which is an important thought process because and and I think sometimes we joke. Um, and, and I have to be careful about joking about other denominations. You know, someone said, oh, I come from the Baptist church or something like that. And I say, well, nobody's perfect, you know, that sort of yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is tongue in cheek, and maybe I shouldn't do that. But, you know, there are distinctives that that are important, but that doesn't negate that we're on the same team. Even right. if, And I think the hard part is how would you help people navigate when those distinctives are so seem to the layperson so radical? Like if, if someone was to compare FPC Lakeland, for example, to a church that really ascribes to charismatic faith healing, right, in, right. in the congregate. And every Sunday they got people that are coming forward and, and – and, looking for faith healing as part of their their average yeah. Sunday worship service. How, how do you respond to well, those that look at that and say... I'm glad you used that example, because yeah. you know, I, I mentioned in the, imagine if someone came into this church and they were teaching that Jesus is one of the sons of God, yeah, yeah, what, what if he was, the, he was he was he was created and not co-eternal with the Father? You know, so that there are there are I call put air quotes here denominations out there. There there are Christian supposedly Christian groups out and there. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, you mentioned Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, so and, and so Mormons, yeah. they would not be categorically in that group that you were just that you were just saying. Yeah. You you were talking about the charismatic, um, more Pentecostal gift space, Holy Spirit group. There, I think my approach with them and my approach has been with them. So well, first off, let's talk about where we. If you just peel back, that you take set that aside for just a moment. The, the more ecstatic things. That mm-hmm. you see happening in the church service. Now let's get back to core theology. Yeah. Let's just see where it, where they are. Where what exactly do they believe about you know, Trinity? And mm-hmm. what do they believe about you know, salvation by grace? And you know, what do they? Uh, you know, I think we'll find there's a whole lot of a long list of similarities yeah. of things that we have, share in common with them. We might actually not not um, we might not we might even agree with them that the that the gift there's the possibility of giftedness like that they enjoy is it's not real. centrality. But yeah. but it's not we're not moving it into the center. Yeah. So that's one thing that they that so that's a different decision and different and there's theological reasons for that as well. But that, that's the way they approach. It. I would just kind of walk them through what what those churches are and are, are not. And do my best to you know I, uh, Tim Keller at I do my best to do, to honor what those churches believe and try to say it as, as accurately as possible and then show where we are where we place our theological weight in a different place. And that that the and I think you know one of the because I've actually had this conversation in the last twenty four hours. You know we've got some different ministries here, special needs ministry being one where it 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 
it is one of those ministries that other churches want to emulate, right? So, uh, which is a great thing because there are you know so many folks that have children and adults that they're caring for with special needs, and the statistic that the Tim Tebow Foundation is often uh, quotes is ninety percent, nine zero percent of families that have a someone that is being cared for in the household with special needs do not go to church anywhere which if you take the the jesus example of uh, the fields are white with harvest it's mm-hmm. it's white with harvest for all the congregations and frankly you know we get maxed out in our ministry and we would love would love more congregations to get involved but there some of those theological distinctives come up in conversations with these groups and and having to navigate with our core leaders to say, okay, well, how how do we partner with churches that we're on the same team and we want to reach people for Jesus Christ and minister to them, but they've got very different ideas Just about how to minister to them. Same conversation exactly. with, uh, with, with Will Ridge, who is leading the Celebrate Recovery ministry, and I was talking to him about, you know, look, Celebrate Recovery exists in multiple denominational yeah churches and yeah. non-denominational churches, but all of these churches, every church has their own theological sort of predisposition mm-hmm. and theological grounding, where they put their theological weight, you know, where they emphasize, like we would emphasize the sovereignty of God and the implications of the sovereignty of God work out in a whole system of theology. And that's why we do the things and the way we do the things that we do. And But if somebody else emphasizes the man's need for redemption mm-hmm. and the justification that has been applied, so it's more... You know that ours would be more more theocentric, God centered starting point and weight being, but others would be more more anthropocentric, is more more human centered, like the what the human needs are. Well, that's going to carry itself out. So, how do you mm-hmm. how do you live in a church? How do you have a, a program that is run like a special needs ministry, or like a celebrate recovery, run across a multitude of churches with different theological starting points? It's tricky. It is, and, and all I keep saying is that I, okay, that I, you, you they will need to sort all that out. We need to do it our way. Yeah, and actually, that's a great that's a great example because you've got Celebrate Recovery, which is an international ministry started out of a Southern Baptist church in California. We are partnering with a church that has Nazarene foundations, uh, and we are you know Presbyterian mainline, right? So yeah. you, you've got three different traditions that. To the layperson who doesn't really get in the weeds, may not understand the theological distinctives, but those three specifically have some pretty wide theological distinctives. Yeah, in terms and, the, of, and the two are more similar when it comes to the, the core theology than the, than the Presbyterians are, because yeah. the two both have the um, sort of the Arminian um, yeah. theological you know, uh, underpinning to, to lead lead. Which plays out in all the, how they think about worship and things like that. So, yeah. uh, which was another conversation I've been having with our guy here. This is what we think. Yeah, you know. So it, it is challenging. But hey, if Celebrate Recovery can figure out how to do that internationally, yeah, then they obviously can figure out how to do it here. They're they're living our sermon, right? <laughs> That's right. They're That's living right. what we we talked about. Look, we just got to see that these churches are valid churches. They 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 love Jesus. They they committed to him. There's Trinitarian churches. The core things are in place, and there are definite distinctives uh, uh, as well. But but we're we're not going to let those trip us up. Yeah, and yeah. any more than I, you know, because I started naming names on Sunday. You know, Grace City. You mentioned both. You and I both mentioned yeah. Grace City. You mentioned Lakes Church. I mentioned so those churches are all. 
perfectly valid expressions yeah. of the Christian church. Yeah. And it's I not, tell you, you it's not where I want it's not where I want to be, but yeah. that's that's perfectly valid. Well and you mentioned even like uh you know first Baptist or first Methodist uh or, or um uh the, Eddie Lake's church, the, the oh, yeah, new, AME, new, Bethel new, AME, yeah. New Bethel AME, um who we both we both know Eddie um Lake from uh from our, from a from another um multi-denominational ecumenical organization here in the community and that's you know i think that's something that is so important that that all congregations really ought to figure out ways to build some relationships across congregations and and i think um when when we when you're in those relationships with other pastors from other churches and when you're in organizations that bring different church leaders together from whether it's Roman Catholic or 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 Lutheran or AME hmm. or Presbyterian you really start to see you know these are these are men and women who are doing the absolute best with what God has given them to be examples of the gospel of Jesus Christ in their community, in their context. And that's really where you take all of the theology and you take all, which are important. We, of all people, believe that theology is important. But really, when it comes down to how are we exhibiting the kingdom of God, even those yeah. relationships are part of exhibiting the kingdom of yeah. God, because yeah. it breaks down it breaks down the argument that Christians can't get along with each other, or, you know, it breaks down the and it demonstrates i think a little bit an, uh, uh, a hint of what the the the, hev- the the heavenlies will be like well you better get used yeah. to them they're going to spend a lot of time with yeah. them <laughs> well and, and that's something you know i i i didn't i didn't i didn't play out the implications of what i said at the end of yeah. the message about the 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 1.1 billion christians who uh live in africa and asia right that now was, that was great to say that because the global south is busting wide open and we think that we get to heaven everybody's gonna look like us yeah yeah that's right that's right <laughs> we got get, get ready. we're gonna have a shock when we realize that most of the people that are in heaven uh come from the the continent of africa and asia yeah. and, and i didn't even mention south america latin america which is also a busting and 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 uh it's it's but but and some people listen to that, and I knew that the temptation for some people would be like, well, that means we need to do more here. Yeah. Well, no, no, we, we need still, to be who we are here. Yeah, we still need to do more here, but that doesn't mean we can't also support those churches in, in Africa and Asia that are seeing God bear tremendous yeah. fruit with a, like a, a fraction of the resourcing. Yeah. Which I'm, is your whole develop a global mindset point yeah, that that's yeah. what I, I think if anything if i could have just hoped for anything to come out of this it would just be get bring back to the to people's minds the the fact that these are these neighboring churches are filled with good people who love the lord and maybe maybe encourage people to to develop some friendships in their workplaces and organizations and just and just be self-aware that these are uh friends who are also brothers and sisters in christ and have that because that, that kind of connection creates a dip, deeper level with mm-hmm. that person, and I'd love to know that that those kind of things were were increasing uh, among people of our church. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this week um, I'm back in Vine. You are back in Classic, and we're talking about the 
topic that you love to preach on more than anything else. <laughs> I'm, not is, I'm not is, I don't mind it at all. Which is money. Yeah. Money. Well, and you know what? You're in good company because Jesus yeah. talked quite a bit about money and possessions. Um, I'll, I'll just not to spoil it too much, but uh, you know, uh, give give a give a give a statistic out there. Jesus uh, spoke fifteen um, percent. Fifteen percent of his teaching. I just fifteen just had that same stat pulled up. It had to do with money and material possessions. possessions. Yeah, fifteen percent more, more than prayer and more than faith, um, which is uh, interesting. And so we're going to talk about well, why is that the case? Why does Jesus uh, address that so often? And what do we do about it? Yeah. You know, what do we do about having? Not, and and the, the other hint is it's not about money. It's not about the money. No, it's not about the, the money. Mo- but the money indicates something about us. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, you'll be in you'll be in classic. I'll be in Vine, and uh, encourage anybody who's missed this past week's message to head to fpclakeland.org to our worship page and the sermon archive tab to watch complete uh, services, both classic and the modern worship service. And if you uh, feel so inclined and you don't want to miss an episode of Armchair Preaching, head to your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Hit the subscribe button like it, share it with your friends. Uh, If you subscribe, you will be notified when a new episode drops. I think it'll be a blessing to you. John, thank you once again for hanging out. Thanks, Ben. It's good to be here. And we'll talk to everybody next time.